Hey everyone, this is Dan the GM bringing you episode 96 of What the Dice. 96 episodes in, and you know what? I feel like kicking out a shout out. This week it goes to Mike. I know you join us, I know you're out there, and I super appreciate you joining us each and every week here. So, if you want your own shout out, find us on Twitter, on Discord, on Facebook, and shoot us a message, or just share what we do. And eventually I will see you, and eventually you'll get your own shout out. Well, that's all I got. So sit back, relax, and enjoy episode 96 of What the Dice! Walking into the storyteller's campsite, we see that he has finally finished his small cabin. The windows are in place, the door is there, and the thatch roof is complete. We can hear the sounds of a fire burning in a fireplace as we see smoke pumping out of the small chimney. As we go to approach, the storyteller opens the door and smiles. Well, well, me friends, come in, come in. There's a kettle on the fire, and a story to be told. We enter, and we see that there is small furniture laid out. Over the fire, a metal kettle slowly bubbles. Well, last we spoke, Kalila had promised Faye to give her a full catch-up on everything that has happened, and a bit of shopping was done. Now, we know what is going on. But Faye is new to the strangeness. I wonder how she will take this new bit of information she will be learning. Well, let us find out together. Sit back, relax, and hear me tale. Alright, in the last episode you guys got to do a bunch of shopping. Um, with Maximilian, so Faye got to meet... Maximilian Loot Hoarder and all that fun, fun stuff. At the end of that, you guys did all your shopping and headed back to the Murdoch for a chance to rest, recoup, and to, as Kalila put it, help Faye get over the wave of hand bewilderment. The oddness that is our group. The fond memories. So... Before we get to letting Kalila and Faye and Defibulous take the show over for however long, do we want to do any wave of hand things before you guys get to that? Like, do we want to just say that Kalila went and took Maximilian his food and Faye did some poking around, stuff like that? Or do you guys actually want to play that out? I really don't have much more that Kalila would do because... I can't think of anything other than hanging around for a day waiting for the Murdoch to take place. Mm-hmm. I say the only thing Defibulous is going to do is see if those little turtles can get a new paint job. So, wave of hand, he gets them painted. Yes. 
up to you if you want to play it out. I'd be fine playing it, I'd be fine hand-waving it, but Faye's intention uh, would be to go back to the guild and ask uh, after the mark whether or not she's gone to ground, if she's out of reach. They basically tell you that she got to the next town, hopped on a different zeppelin, and took off. So they do not know where she's at. She flew the cube. Okay. Yep. Um, then they will use that information to dissuade her party members from running off after. Okay. I would just wave a hand everything and let's move, get the Murdoch moving. It has been about a day. You guys have had your chance to eat your fill of this food here. You all got so got the chance to watch the inaugural uh, ribbon cutting of the Lizard Folks Casino, which none of you really participated in because it was by invitation only to go inside and gamble. Aboard the Murdoch, you all got to feel the liftoff as usual. The music is still playing as they've got that piped in, and the crew is pretty much giving you free reign of walking the walking the ship, because you are the only guests on board besides Baka Baklava and his partner. Ah, oh, but they aren't guests anymore. No, they are owners. Also, the captain has stated that not only did they find the original captain's part of the money or part of the, the stocks another page mysteriously appeared so that now the complete purchasing rights of the Murdoch were available for Baka Baklava lucky for Baka yes so aboard the Murdoch where would you guys like to hang out would you guys like to hang out on the casino floor or in your rooms Lala's gonna be enjoying the clouds nice and peacefully this time. Okay. And flirting with the chef, because that's the floor she's on. Yeah. Defibulous, if he has the parts necessary for the barding and, and working on his gun, we'll give the 50 gold to the engineer to use his uh, bench. Okay. Faye is slightly smug and is probably hanging out wherever Baka is. Okay. Kalila and Faye, did you guys want to go over everything with Faye and kind of get her caught up on the mayhem that is whatever your team name is? Oh, instead of waving a hand of we did that last night? I kind of want to get some of the Faye reactions just because Faye is amusing because she's not paid enough for this. No, she's been had. You don't have to eat up the whole hour, but I'd like some things. All right, give her a, literally like a couple of minutes here, two, three, to actually formulate what questions Faye would ask. Absolutely. So, Defibulous, as you approach the engineer's desk, you notice that he's done some upgrading. You see a small, what looks like a upgraded version of a small heat torch, something that is designed for welding. You see a metal punch that has been upgraded, cleaned. The desk itself is made of solid iron and looks like he has pretty much made a giant anvil of a desk so that he can hammer out metal when need be. Strewn among the supplies there, you also see 
instruction manuals written in Dwarven and Common on operation and repair of the clockwork robots and how to upgrade them, as well as handwritten schematics on the Murdoch's engine itself. Before you sits a massive assortment of tools for both working and cutting and manufacturing. You want to start to build Eugen's armor, correct? Yes. Okay. So the first thing we're going to want to start doing is we're going to design it, which means that you need to roll me a profession engineering. Oh, and Defibus will also ask the uh, engineer if he can copy the schematics of the like the automatons, how to fix them, the ship engine, all that fun stuff. He says that he is more than okay with you copying the automaton stuff, but the Murdoch itself is technically you're not allowed to. I'll have to ask Baklava then, huh? Mm-hmm. You said uh, knowledge engineering? Yep. Yep. Dirty 20. All right. So it takes you a little longer than you would expect to sit down and sketch out your design for his armor, taking into consideration leg movement and how he sticks to walls and how he spews out all of the... uh, All of the... um, Webbing? Webbing. Thank you. After taking into all that consideration, you finally come up with a basic design, and one that you think would really work. I now need... Um, do you have craft anything? I tried to add crafting, but it didn't let me add craft engineering or anything like that when I tried it on the uh, PC Gen thing. Yeah, so let's do... Just do another knowledge engineering. Oh, no, let's do proficient engineering. 19. Okay. You sit down with Hugin, strapping the leather that is made from the gator in place, adjusting it as he gives any type of signal of it's not comfortable. Doing this for several hours, you finally get everything to kind of sit just right and you began to do your reinforcing i need another role of knowledge engineering uh profession or knowledge knowledge 28 with 28 you make the final adjustments and you let him move around he is able to move around comfortably as well as scale walls and move around uh up and down walls and even shoot webbing here and there just to make sure he is just as comfortable as he would be without the armor once everything is complete, he gives you a, a butt wiggle as he seems happy with the um, armor that you've provided him. Oh, excellent, Hugin. Um, I'll put. I'll see if I can get some stuff from the engineer guy to make that a little fire resistant. So if you get set on fire, you don't just sit there and cook. He gives you a, a butt wiggle again. Is there anything else you would like to do while you are at the engineering center? Can Defibulous work on his rifle while he's at the table? What are you trying to do with the rifle? Um, I need to readjust it for Defibulous' size. Okay. And then I was going to see if I could increase the uh, build-in or increase a magazine type for it. You would need an actual gunsmithing table to increase ammo size. Okay. Um, 
and you're talking about because you bought a small slice, so you're trying to beef up the damage to get to uh, normal size damage. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's do a knowledge engineering. That is a nat twenty. All right. You know exactly what you need to do and how long it's going to take you to do it. Defibulous will sit there and handle that. Okay. So the camera slowly pans up the stairs and into the dining area and casino area of the Murdoch. Are you guys going to do this conversation here where over by like the staging area where no one is? Or are you going to go to like your room for privacy? Faye's comfortability preference on that. Kalila clearly doesn't care. Mostly. And right now, the only person who's going to hear her is the, 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 not only just Faye, but maybe the chef, which she's kind of smitten with. So she doesn't mind if the chef hears her bizarre life. She's going to tell it to her anyways. Faye has a sneaking suspicion she's going to want some alcohol for this. So probably at the bar. Or at least we get a bottle and sit in a comfy chair, so it'll be somewhere up deck where there's not an immediate person, and if somebody walks over, we can just hush our tone if if it seems appropriate. Mm-hmm. But we're not stealthing back to our room, now. Okay. Alright, so how do you want to do this, then? It's all you. Yep, one sec. Okay, so... Kalila, you said something about gods. Wait, like literal gods? I thought we were dealing with, you know, some crazy nutters in a cult. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. It's a first suspicion. Gods. Actual, the things we worship and grant us abilities. Gods. Pointing to the sky. Mind you, they're already in the sky. Yeah, no, I... I... <clears throat> Stipulated gods, okay, but what? Yeah. Bone god? Goddess? Have you ever heard of the bone god? Ever. A work of fiction had a fake pantheon I read once, but I mean... Okay, I actually spent some time in Nicodemus's library doing some actual research, and there's not much, so be prepared to be underwhelmed. There was, I guess, once upon a time, a singular god, not this one. The two gods we're dealing with used to be one, known as the Bone God. And I'm trying to remember on my human brain memory, player memory, did they intentionally separate? Do we know how they separated or do we just know that they were separated? You just know that they were separated. We don't know the reason why they split into two forms, but now the one original bone god is now two gods. A goddess, which seems, and the reason why I say seems is because we talked to a skeleton in a temple, I'll get to that in a moment, that spoke fondly of her and how kind and wonderful she was, and in that temple, which I'm assuming is hers, there was just books and books and books 
knowledge, every kind of book that you have ever hoped to find that is rare and its first original condition was there. And Defibulous also found one that seemed to, we found one that required like a magical lens. And anyways, uh, I digress. They separated and the bone goddess seems to be nice and might at least be not against us. I can't say that that goddess is on our side, but she's is symbolized by a black rose. No thorns, no additional colors, just a single black rose. The bone god is the one causing war, raising undead armies, converting people. Did you ever hear about the thing that happened in Narrow Cloud with all the people getting super sick and then all of a sudden like, giving up all their ways and dreams of desires of their normal life and turning into, what is it? Uh, pursuits of pleasure and only pleasure. They stopped eating, they stopped drinking, they stopped, and then yet they live. I had heard rumors that something funky went down, but I was unaware of the extent. Yeah, we were at the heart of that when it happened. But the Bone God seems to be, we don't know why and what he's after. Seems to be aggressive. He's raising bone armies and Defibulus's brother was corrupted by that, I believe, and followed the Bone God. There, I believe there was an, an we don't know who Argaroth the Ragaroth is, but I suspect personally that it was in association with the Bone God. Clyde believed otherwise, and Defibulus is normally not a deals with the gods, so he was indifferent to, as to why, but it seems like his, the Bone God, if you are warlike, aggressive, want land, want power, want... We don't know what, but anything... People get easily corrupted to the Bone God, and he seems to have power. Misusing ambition. Yeah, and so the, we're... Because we came across some of... Some weird things the Institute found... Nicodemus found out about our things, and one of the first, I guess, quests, you could call it, missions that Nicodemus had us go do was we ended up investigating this... We call it the Cursed Swamp, because it was cursed you could only get in with using a torch and certain times of daylight and if you went the wrong way without a torch it threw you back somehow magically to the beginning of the maze there was buried objects with mirrors that caused fear and traps that launched you and trees made of bone and flesh i saw so many weird things i can't even bay I can't even tell you about that. Like, there's so many weird things in the Curse Swamp. Glad to have missed that. Yeah, there was a tree that had the consistency of jello, but if you touched it, it would make you vomit. One of my least favorite activities. Mmm. She goes, and then there was a caretaker, and what was that big... It wasn't a demon. What was the thing that they fought in the Curse Swamp? It was some kind of creature of shadow. Uh, I think it was a creature of shadow based off of my studies that was carving runes. Ugh. And once we defeated that, it released the caretaker who said the bone god punished him and locked him in a cage for some reason. Hence why the swamp got cursed because it was left unattended and in disrepair, I guess. Yeah, that tracks. Um, 
Either way, we got... Didn't we get an item out of the swamp? Um... I thought one of the items for the bone god... You got the, uh... Wasn't it the head? Was it a skull? Yeah, because it was the skull off of the throne for the goblin. Yes. That's right. Just long story short, we go through the cursed swamp, we follow the trails, we come across goblins that are soulless. It's the best way that I can explain it. We saw goblins that were fully cognizant. They would look at you while being pit roasted, as in tied to a pole, spinning like a hog cooked over an open fire without screaming without acknowledging they were being damaged, just stares at you. Their, their eyes were gray, they would take damage, they would repeat themselves. They would walk outside of their tent and then walk like automation of some kind, kind of like these robots. They just move, they do, they go back, they repeat. Like, it made no sense. There was a black ichor that poisoned the priestess that came from the goblins. We still have a sample of it. I don't remember if we left it with Nicodemus, though, or not. He might have it. Faye is kind of in some disbelief. So when I say the gods... You I mean... The gods. Yes. So... As we... It all started in the Cursed Swamp, and we had no idea that this thing was raising armies. When we went down to Clyde's hometown, because there was... I forget why we were sent down there. I think Sir Reginald sent us down there to help maintain some peace or something, or deal with the orcs, that's what it was, to deal with Argaros. And while about there, we learned that there was a training regiment, and when we went out to this place where there was supposed to be this other army, they were all skeletons, acting exactly like you and I, holding a conversation, drinking a stein of beer, and it going right through their bones, them eating like they were human and alive, and not even caring that they... the food just fell through their bones. Okay, that would be kind of funny. <laughs> it was kind of funny to look at, yeah. And they were training, they were planning on attacking the town. This is what me and Defibulous joke the most about, about blowing up the barracks, because it was a barracks full of skeletons. And they I had the possibly symbol. not an unwise choice. Clyde wasn't happy of our decision, but he ultimately agreed because we saw, found all the symbols that led to the bone god, which is a black rose with thorns. I've seen it sometimes with black thorns, white thorns, but normally if it has thorns, there's a higher chance it's towards the bone god. Alright. Hey, GM. Yes. Can Faye remember whether or not the seal of the letter that she got during her session zero, um, did it have thorns or no? It was just like if you look down at a flower, down at the rose. Top down view. Uh, uh, yeah, it was like just the petals. Okay. Hmm. Which sometimes, typically it's from the side, but that could have meant the goddess, the bone goddess. But Kalila's not there, I'm just saying. Sorry, I'm not in your head. Ignore me. None of us are in each other's heads. She goes, so ultimately, what we're doing with Nicodemus and the Institute, they call us the Alpha Team because we didn't know we needed to come up with a name and they didn't know what us to call us. So 
were the Alpha Team, AKA the first. But ultimately, Nicodemus is having us fetch five items. We know that they're tied to the Bone God in some way, but precisely how, or maybe the Bone Goddess, I refer to the Bone God as in the original combination, not the new separated male side, aggressive okay. side of it. Uh, there's five items. We don't know exactly what to do with them and we're fetching them. We found the skull, which was in the cursed swamp, and we found... What was the other thing? The fire scepter. Thank you! There, And we found the fire scepter with Agaroth the Ragaroth, which Clyde, I believe, was it Clyde that it spoke to and said use water, and we doused the water on the torch, which canceled the lava drake that was attacking the town and also helped smite the orc army that was engaging I forget if it was the paladin or the skeleton army this is so much it's a lot it really is in the fact that if you think about less than a year ago I had never left my village this is so much mm-hmm and so many people don't know about it. And we've noticed some bizarre things, not just everything on our mission, but like small things. Like healing magic doesn't, magic in general, it's weird. It's our magic, my magic doesn't seem to be affected. If anything, my magic seems to be getting stronger. But if you really stop and look around and watch the people, especially after the lava drake attacked the town and everything's burning and destroyed and people were wounded. They weren't relying on the paladins. So whatever we're doing, we feel like we're racing against the clock. As it gets worse, we get more and more items. I don't know if more and more items means that something bad's gonna happen or it's getting more angry at us for getting these items that might be dangerous to it. I don't know, but now I understand some of the urgency of the murder. Hence why I was so desperate to solve a murder mystery that I'm completely unassociated with. Yeah, the, the mission was more time-sensitive than waiting it out someone else to deal with it. Considering they could have taken months. Yeah. Hence why that's nice that that girl got away. And sure, it'd be nice to turn in an accomplice to, but is that really important? With what I've seen, with what we've been through? This is more important. And my god has sent me out on this mission, as, as funny as it sounds. I, I worship Desna. And she guided me with a bunch of butterflies. And I'm following them. Okay, that, that sounds like it was kind of fun. It was. It was a giant swarm of butterflies, like a migration. I was standing up on the cliff edge of where my village is. There's a, a nice mountainside edge that is pretty steep, and you get to see the valley. You can actually just barely see the peak of the holy city very far, far out in the distance on the right sunny day. And then all of a sudden, it was just a swarm of beautiful butterflies that I had never seen before heading off in that direction. Just as I was pretty much coming of age to go about and explore the world. Sounds like good timing. 
It was, and then I went into the cursed swamp. Does not sound like a good time. <laughs> and then everything after. So, if you're okay with dealing with some gods and seeing some insane things that you thought you would never, you couldn't even fathom this, then hop aboard. But if you're not, well, I mean, I don't think I can fight back out now. You probably could. You could just stay on the Murdoch and they'll eventually fly you back somewhere, go back to the Holy City and tell Nicodemus no. No. I mean, I don't think I can. You worship a god, too. What did they do to send you on this path? We're in it with gods. You don't need to hide everything from us. I got a letter. Like an actual letter? Plain as day, nothing special. Yeah. I saw a swarm of butterflies. Butterflies for the huntress. Letters for the librarian. Makes sense. Defibulus, his family mur tried to murder him and successfully murdered the rest of them, and he ran fleeing from his brother and decided to just join up with me and a paladin on this wacky, wacky quest into the cursed swamp. Sounds like all interests are represented then, huh? Yeah. He actually wasn't a paladin when he started. He had ambitions. He was dressed like, as Mexi says it, a tin can. <laughs> he upgraded into his tin can and got an even more tin can look to him. But we weren't associated. And then just all of a sudden, the priestess asked us and there we were in the swamp together. And the jokes about the rope, the swamp, again, keep in mind, if you had one torch, and the fog would roll in and creep on you, and if it got too dense too fast, it would teleport you back to the beginning of the maze. And you had to start all over. So... Climbers relays. We tied ourselves to each other, so if something happened, we were all together. Makes sense. Weird when it's you've only known a pal or a fighter for less than a few days. Well, sounds kind of fun. <laughs> it probably could be. Although there was at one point where I wasn't tied to Clyde, but Defibulus was, and that mirror I was talking about scared Clyde, and he went running, and Defibulus got dragged. Oh, no. I also got scared by that thing for whatever reason and went running in a completely opposite direction, and then I ended up back in the beginning of the maze because I dropped the torch. What a mess. Right? So now we're going to Godsfeld. There is, from what Nicodemus has told us, a third item here. How, where, to find it? Girl, take a guess. Your guess is as good as mine. I might be able to help a little with that. Yeah. So yeah, we're, we gotta get in. We should be able to get in because Nicodemus has at least like argued uh, with friends to at least let us in. Flew us out here and will at least let us off board. Past that, we don't know what we're doing here, who we need to talk to. We just know that there is an orb or a crystal of wind, something of wind that we're looking for here. What it is, and considering no one's ever been into Godsfeld, although now that we've made really good with the crew, we might want to talk to them. Most of the dwarves are from here. Well, that's not a bad idea. The Fibulus seems particularly chummy with some of them. I've noticed the gnomes and the dwarves with their 
mechanics it is? Yeah. Why don't you start talking mechanics? It's like a hunter talking to another hunter. You just kind of talk shop. I know that feeling. Which is good. The more the merrier. Of, as far as acquaintances and friends and people willing to help us out. Indeed. We don't got much to run on. But we at least... At this point, we just make a joke of it. Because if I seriously took the things that I saw real, physically, in that swamp and more, I wouldn't continue. If I was just an average cat. Humor is a very powerful coping mechanism. And in my opinion, one of the healthier ones. Mm-hmm. So that's why we say one day you'll get tied to us, too. For your safety. Right. But I'm handling the knots. She'll just playfully give that cat... As you guys finish your conversation, the dinner bell tolls. And Kalila is the first one up and at that kitchen. <laughs> the rest of your flight from the lizard folk town to Godspell is strangely relaxing. The wind is at your back and the clouds are clear. You get to gamble without risk of losing anything. You get to spend time and learn more about the crew, chatting with Baka, Terry, the chef. And then early morning, you are all called down to the cockpit. Not again. They let you know they have a surprise for you. As you guys walk down the cockpit, glass is completely sealed off, closed, not letting you see anything out. And then the engineer reaches over and pulls a lever. The blinders slowly open and there, as the sun arises, glinting out of a snow-covered mountain godspell. A massive airship of steel. Gifted by legend to the dwarves to show their capacity to expand. The metal that you see on this ship is flat and shining. As the Murdoch inches closer to landing. Defibulous, you would see these massive barrels that are scanning the skies for threats. You see massive, what you would know as possibly golems walking and clearing snow with strange barrels that are belching out flames. And as the Murdoch fully lands and the engine shut off. We are ending this episode here. The storyteller slowly closes the book, placing it on his lap. He gives us a smile. Well, well, my friends, it seems as if the team has finally made it to Godsville. Getting a chance to see something that very few 
have had a chance to see. What items must they collect? What sights will they see? He taps the book slowly. It's all in here, me friends. But as for our time now, the moon is high, and it is time for us to say farewell, at least for now. And as always, me friends, may the dice gods bless your every roll. We here at What the Dice would like to thank Paizo for creating Pathfinder, Epidemic Sound for our music, as well as Sirenscape for our sound effects. If you would like to reach out to us, you can do so on Facebook at What the Dice Pod, Twitter at What the Dice Pod, and of course email WhatTheDicePod at gmail.com. And if you liked our little adventure, please share us with your friends and rate and review us. 